You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message, and welcome to the tribe. Now here's Doug Robbins. So how are we doing today? Everybody okay? We're doing good? Good. Awesome to see you guys today. And, you know, one of the things as we think about Christmas approaching is that I'm looking at the forces that hold us back. What are the things that are holding you back in your life? And I would say one of the things that holds people back the most in their life is fear. They're afraid and fear paralyzes people and keeps them from moving forward in faith, whether it's in their career or relationships or whatever's going on in their lives. And I looked at this study, or I guess it was a research project on fear by Chapman University, and they did surveys and found the top 10 fears in America in 2022. Let me show you that top 10 list. Number one was people are afraid of corrupt government officials. Number two, people I love dying. Number three, a loved one contracting coronavirus. Number four, people I love becoming seriously ill. Number five, widespread civil unrest. Number six, a pandemic or major epidemic. Number seven, economic financial collapse. Number eight, cyber terrorism. Number nine, pollution of the oceans, rivers, and lakes. That one was actually used to be number two. Now it's all the way down to number nine because more of the pandemic-related fears are higher on the list. And then number 10, biological warfare. So as you think about fear, what is it that you fear the most? Do you fear losing a family member? Do you fear the virus? Do you fear being single for the rest of your life? Some of you are single and you you just feel like, I'm never going to get married. I'm I'm, going to be single for the rest of my life. Do you fear getting married? Do you fear loving again because it didn't go so well the last time and you're afraid to love someone again? Those of you that are younger, do you fear for your future? Do you fear going to college or trying to go out into the workforce? And then a fear that's gripping many Americans right now and many in our own churches you fear that the Amazon package is not going to arrive on time, right? You see all the memes and you're just sitting there at the window, please God, get my Amazon package here before Christmas, right? But as I went through the survey results and mentioned some fears, would you raise your hands if any of those things crossed your mind over the past year? Any of those fears? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm tempted to fear. I worry about the health of relatives. I think about the future of the country and how it's going to affect my kids. On and on I could go. But as I looked at the Christmas story and reread the Christmas story this year, I saw a lot of fear in that story. And so we're going to look at some of the fear gripping characters in the Christmas story and how we can live a life of courage. But first, let's look at the shepherd's fear. The shepherds were just minding their own business, tending their flocks in their fields, and then they see an angel from God, and it scares them. Now, some of you have read the Old Testament description in Ezekiel of an angel, and I brought a picture of a biblical angel that's as it's described in the Old Testament, and I don't know if this is what the shepherds saw or not, but whatever kind of angel they saw, they were afraid of it. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 9. It says, The shepherds were terrified, but an angel said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. 
And what I want to encourage some of you with today is that some of you have been having God encounters or you've never had a relationship with God, but God has been drawing you to himself and it scares you because you think, you know, if I really follow after God, I may have to give up some of my old lifestyle and you're afraid of what that means for you. But what God's saying to you today through this text and through this angel in the book of Luke is that you're encountering him and it's nothing to be afraid of that he brings good news and he wants to bring joy into your life. Now, a lot of people think that if they just have more money, then they won't have to fear anything. They'll think that their money can solve all their problems. And I think we all know that's not true. And if you look at the Christmas story, you would see that the richest guy in the whole story was fearful. His name was Herod. And I want to talk about Herod's fear for just a minute. But to understand his fear, you have to understand his great wealth and all that he had. I've visited in Israel two of the four palaces of Herod, and one of them now is called the Herodium. You can look, I brought a picture of what it looks like now. It's just a big dirt hill that looks like a volcano or something. What you got to understand about that dirt hill that you see there, before Herod, there was nothing there. It was flat, and he had all that dirt carried in and piled up. And then in the next artist rendering, you'll see what the Herodium Palace looked like back in Jesus' day. It was so tall that, you know, it, the palace was built on top of the hill. And if you include the hill and the palace on top, it was twice as tall as our Tower of the Americas here in San Antonio. And so you know how you're driving home and you're driving back home and you see the Tower of the Americas in the distance, you know, and you know you're getting close to home, right? Well, people of that day for miles away could see the Herodium way up on that hill. In fact, the ancients used to say something like, the power of Herod, he can move mountains. Because he literally created like a hill, a mountain where there was none. And perhaps that gives some perspective on something Jesus said one day. When Jesus said, hey, he, he tells his young disciples, he could have been looking at the Herodium saying, if you just have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will go. You can do it just one bucket of dirt at a time, right, if you just stick with it. But the Herodium Palace at the lower level had this massive swimming pool. It was a soccer field in length and a soccer field in width. In the middle, it had an island. There were gardens all around at the bottom level. It was a beautiful place. They had to carry all that water in. It was in the middle of the desert. So they carried all the dirt in. They carried all the water in. It was an amazing feat. He was a rich, rich guy. He was by far more rich than Jeff Bezos or like Elon Musk or Bill Gates in his day. His wealth was unbelievable, but he was still afraid of something. He was afraid of losing his power. In fact, he had two of his sons killed because he was afraid they were starting some type of a coup. He even had his own wife killed because he was afraid that she was not loyal to him. And so can you imagine how this paranoid rich guy felt when he finds out that a little Hebrew baby is going to be born that's going to be a king? And so he goes into a rage, and we see it in Matthew 2.13. Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. 
And then down in the next verse, verse 16, Herod was furious and gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem two years old and under. See, he, he had a gripping fear of losing his power. He was so afraid, he was afraid of a baby. And oftentimes, you know, people who are violent, you ever known someone who's really violent? They just love to fight all the time. They're always getting into some kind of altercation. And oftentimes, they want to fight all the time. They're violent because there's an underlying layer of fear in their heart. And they're afraid of losing power. They're afraid of losing control over you or some other person or some situation. And they're afraid of losing money. But then there was, in addition to Herod, there was the fear of Joseph. Now, Joseph had double trouble because Joseph was afraid that his baby boy was going to get killed by a really rich guy. Can you imagine if Bill Gates wanted to kill one of your kids and he had the money to pull it off, you know? You would be afraid of that. But Joseph had some other fears as well, and we'll see those in the text. Look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 9. He had a fear of public disgrace. Why was he afraid of public disgrace? Well, I'll show you in Matthew 1, 20, where the angel told Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. And so he was afraid of the public disgrace of marrying a girl that he was engaged to. And he's like, hey, we haven't done anything physically, but she's pregnant. And he was afraid of public opinion. Why was he afraid of public opinion? Because the people in that community had the religious spirit and they were judgmental. I can tell you that the religious spirit and judgmentalism always go hand in hand. The religious spirit is the greatest threat to the type of ministry we do here at City Tribe Church where we help people understand the gospel of Jesus. And every time the religious spirit is judgmental and he feared being judged by these people, they bring, religious people bring fear with them. And so I thought to myself, you know, I've got to continue to root judgmentalism out of my heart. And here's the way it works in my heart, is that the longer I've had a good track record, the better I feel about myself, and it can lead me to think more judgmentally. It can lead me to think I'm superior to other people. But you know how one of the ways I root that out of my heart, the judgmentalism out of my heart, is I remind myself of where I've come from. I remind myself the stuff I used to struggle with and it helps bring me back to reality and keep my feet on the ground. But you know another thing that helps me keep from judging another person? I meet some other person and you know the first thought that comes to my mind is maybe what they're getting wrong. But then I wanna be curious and ask them questions. Because oftentimes the reason that people live in certain behaviors is because of something that ha that's happened in their lives. And we should be more curious and ask people questions about their lives rather than just immediately judging them. And that point was punctuated for me when I watched an episode of that hit TV show, Ted Lasso. And on that show, Ted, in this one epic scene, there was this judgmental you know, really rich, arrogant guy named Rupert. And Rupert judged Ted. Rupert thought that Ted was like this, you know, hillbilly, know-nothing American Midwestern guy. And then Rupert challenged Ted to a game of darts. And his reason for wanting to challenge Ted at darts and make a bet with him is because he wanted to beat Ted at darts, show other people his own superiority, and demean 
Ted Lasso. So I brought that scene by way of video. Take a look and I'll show you what happened. Mm. Mate, what do I need to win? Two triple 20s and a bullseye. <laughs> Good luck. Mm. You know, Rupert, guys have underestimated me my entire life. And for years, I never understood why. It used to really bother me. But then one day, I was driving my little boy to school, and I saw this quote by Walt Whitman. It was painted on the wall there. It said, be curious, not judgmental. I like that. So I get back in my car, and I'm driving to work. And all of a sudden, it hits me. All them fellas that used to belittle me, not a single one of them were curious. You know, they thought they had everything all figured out, and so they judged everything, and they judged everyone. And I realized that they're underestimating me. Who I was had nothing to do with it. Because <laughs> if they were curious, they would ask questions, you know? Questions like, have you played a lot of darts, Ted? <laughs> Which I would have answered, Yes, sir. Every Sunday afternoon at a sports bar with my father from age 10 to I was 16 when he passed away. Barbecue sauce. I like that. Barbecue sauce. <laughs> right? It's like, be curious, not judgmental. And who does that remind me of? Well, if you go back to Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, don't judge lest you be judged, see? If you judge, you're pointing out the speck in your brother's eye when you got a big telephone pole in your own eye, right? So I'm having to spend a lot of time when I am tempted to be judgmental, I got to look in the mirror and look at that telephone pole in my own eye before I start judging someone else. And so Jesus says, don't judge. And he also was very curious. He asked questions. If you look in the gospels, Jesus asked 307 questions questions. He was both curious and powerful at the same time. And when Jesus adopted dad, Joseph was afraid of the religious judgmental people. The angel had to come to him. And in Matthew 121, he said, Hey, there's no need to fear them because your son, Jesus will save his people from their sins. And see the religious judgmental people, they think that they can save themselves from their sins. They think that through their good track record or good behavior that they can save themselves from their sins. But the truth of the scripture and the gospel is, is that none of us can be good enough and we all have to receive grace. And so we don't want to judge other people because we're all people in need of God's grace. See, so it seems that in the Christmas story, everybody was afraid, right? Remember, the shepherds were afraid of an angel. Remember that Herod was afraid of the baby Jesus, who he was afraid was going to take his throne. And then you remember that uh, Joseph here was afraid of the religious people, the judgmental people in his community. The only person in the story who was not afraid was the little pregnant girl. So let's take a look at Mary's courage, because this is what we want, right? And so I'm going to invite Chrissy to come out here with me just for a minute. And I want to tell you the reason that I'm inviting Chrissy to come out 
is because Chrissy is one of our teenagers here in the church, and she's probably close to the age of what Mary was. Now, the difference between Mary and Chrissy is that Mary was pregnant, and Chrissy is not pregnant, and I'll tell you why. Because Chrissy goes to City Youth, and at City Youth, they go through something called Real Weekend where you learn how that happens and learn for it to not happen. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, we're all so proud of Chrissy. She's an awesome young lady. And so... uh, But don't let that smile fool you. She's got some spice to her, right? If you cross her, she'll strike at you like one of those West Side Chihuahuas, right? They'll strike. (laughs) Dangerous over there. And so just like Chrissy, Mary had some spunk. And on top of her spunk, she was pregnant. And ladies, you know that that gives you an advantage, doesn't it, right? And so when she starts thinking about Herod, the man of power up there that's going to hunt down her little baby, she's like, nope, not afraid of you, because you know what? The Messiah, the king is in my womb. There's, I'm pregnant with the Messiah, the king. And she was a bit of an artist, somewhat like Chrissy. And so she wrote a song. So I asked Chrissy if she would read the song of Mary that's recorded in our gospel of Luke chapter one, verse 46. Go ahead and give it to us, Chrissy. Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercies from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and he has sent the rich away with empty hands. You see it? You you feel the spice in the attitude in our word? She's like, you rich guy, you got nothing because, hey, I'm pregnant with a king. And so there's a transforming idea that Chrissy's going to give us. Go ahead and give us this transforming idea with passion and conviction, Chrissy. I have no fear. There's a king up in here. (laughs) Yeah, right on. So would you guys join me in thanking Chrissy for helping out today? She's awesome. So this attitude of this young Jewish girl who's pregnant teenager, she's all, I don't know, I don't got no fear. There's a king up in here, right on. That is what she says. And she kind of reminds me of this character in Lord of the Rings. You guys know that I bring Lord of the Rings into my sermons any chance I get, right? And so there's this scene where this, there's this lady named Eowyn. And Aragorn goes to Eowyn and he says, what do you fear, my lady? And she had an epic response. She said, I fear a cage to stay behind bars until youth and old age accept them and all chance of valor has gone beyond recall or desire. And I think that's a pretty good response, isn't it? And that should be the same thing that we should avoid. We should avoid the cage of fear. The cage of fear that keeps us from moving forward in our relationships. The cage of fear that keeps us from moving forward in our faith, in our businesses, in all the endeavors of our lives. The fear that keeps us from wanting to go all out in service and love of Jesus to serve people in this world and to do things that are outside our comfort zones that could make a difference in the world, see? 
And so here's what I want to encourage you with today. It's Galatians chapter two, verse 20, where Paul wrote these words. He said, I, I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives, say those next two words, in me, in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me or gave himself up for me. And so you know what that means. It means that if you and I have believed in Jesus, even though we may not be pregnant at the time, there's a king up in here. There's a, I have no fear. There's a king up in here. Would you say that declaration with me when I point to you? And when you say it, you have to say it with the passion and conviction of Mary. And then point at your heart as you say, there's a king up here. Right, here we go. I have no fear. There's a king up in here. Okay, and now we got to say it loud and proud so that those online can hear us. And those of you that are online can type it in the comments. Here we go. Ready? So let's say it again. I have no fear. There's a king up in here. And so, look, I want you to say it every time I point to you because, look, when you have a health problem, whether it's COVID or cancer, you can say, I have no fear. There's a king up in here. In this Christmas, when you have to be around family and your crazy T.O. is there, you can say, I have no fear. There's a king up in here, right? Um, when the politician says that next crazy thing and you think the country's gonna blow up, you can say, I have no fear. There's a king up in here. When you face death itself, you can say, I have no fear, there's a king up in here. Look, it doesn't matter if it's the kukui or the chupacabra or the donkey lady on the south side or the Bigfoot or the Latin Loch Ness monster. You can say, I have no fear, there's a king up in here, right? And so, let's eradicate fear from our hearts in prayer. And so I wanna ask you to stand up now and I'm gonna have you stand up and pray a prayer with your eyes open. How many of you know that when you're driving in your car and you're about to have a wreck, you pray and you darn sure better keep your eyes open while you're driving and praying, right? Some of the most effective prayers that you can pray are with your eyes open. And the reason I want your eyes open is so you can read the words and comprehend and embrace the content of the prayer. Now, you don't have to say it out loud. I'll, I'll voice the prayer on our behalf and you just kind of embrace it in your own heart and say it in your own heart. But let's, let's say this to the Lord. Holy Spirit, I invite you to heal me of fear. Jesus, fill me with courage. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I renounce fear. God, you have not given me a spirit of fear. I receive power, love, and discipline. And in the name of Jesus and by the power of his blood, I cancel all fear from my heart. I choose to live by faith and courage. Jesus, you make me brave. And I choose to say, this is the part you can say out loud. I have no fear. There's a king up in here. And so God, that is our prayer. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. And so let's sing about the bravery that God gives to us in the spirit.
given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and discipline. And that's what we're receiving today. And as we bow before you, we can't help but think that there's someone who's a bit afraid to come to you and they've thought about it and they've been drawn to you and they're thinking about it. Well, maybe as we pray right now, this is your time to begin a relationship with God if you've never had one. And it's real simple to do. You don't have to jump through a bunch of religious hoops, but just talk to God right now. We call that prayer. And you don't even have to talk out loud right now. You can just think this prayer in your heart. And if you mean it, he'll come into your life. Just say something like this to God. Look, God, I know I've sinned. But right now, the best I'm comprehending it, I'm choosing to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. And he rose again from the dead to give me new life. Welcome into my life, God. 
as we continue in prayer, perhaps some, some of the rest of us have eradicated and released some fears. Just look up at me real quick if you release some fear today. Anybody release some fears? Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I say in Jesus' name, fear has no right to anybody in this room or this stream who has by faith not only invited Jesus into their life, but made a choice today to walk in the Spirit, made a choice today to not live by fear. We're gonna live by faith. And the people of this world wanna see first and then they'll step out. But we say no, we know we have to step out and then we will see. We will see not only the power of God, but we'll, as we step, feel the courage of God and the Holy Spirit. So thank you for what you're doing in our lives today, Jesus, to eradicate fear. Even you as a baby in a manger in your little pinky can eradicate all fear because of your great power and we thank you for it. And we pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Everyone said, amen. Will you guys go ahead and take a load off? That's a good time, isn't it? Good time to get rid of a bunch of fear and all that. We don't need any of that in our lives. And as we wrap up today, I did want to mention that our prayer leaders are going to be here in front of the stage. They're not going to be outside today at the tent because it's a little cold outside. So if you'd like to pray with someone, just come up here in the front of the stage after the service. Now, um, another thing I wanted to mention is this weekend, this coming weekend, remember that Christmas Eve is Friday night, and we're going to have three services here on Friday night, and we're going to have baptisms there. And the, reasons I bring, the reason I bring that up is because some of you just prayed to begin a relationship with Christ today, or others of you have begun a relationship with Jesus at some other time in your life, and you'd never taken the first step of obedience to him, which is baptism. And can I tell you, there's no reason to fear baptism. What are you afraid of, man? The water's not going to be cold. We'll heat it up for you. Nobody's going to make fun of you. You're going to be in a church filled with Christian people that love you and care about you. So there's no reason not to get signed up today for baptism Friday night. Bring all your friends and family so they can see it. Have them tune into the stream and watch you get baptized and proclaim, I am no longer afraid of public opinion. But I choose in faith to walk with Jesus and share that faith with everyone that I know. There's a link on the screen that you can go to to get registered for baptism this Friday night. Now remember, next Sunday, we won't have in-person services, but we'll be streaming our services. We want you to be at home with your families on that day. And so we're gonna have an awesome service online, so make sure and don't miss that one. Now, as we think about our stewardship, I want you to think about your year-end, I guess, charitable giving. Now, of course, if you're a guest here, not a believer, we understand if you don't participate in that. What I'm about to say is for the family here, the tribe, the people who are regulars here at City Tribe Church. Uh, we, so I've told you over the past couple of weeks that we're a little bit behind where we were at this time last year. And so some of us are pitching in a little extra this year. You know, you just pray, you sit down and pray and, and, and say, God, by your spirit, bring a number to my mind if I'm to pitch in a little extra this year. Don't listen to me. You know what? Because pastors are experts at guilting people into stuff, right? Don't listen to that, right? Listen to the Holy Spirit. Just pray and say, God, if I'm supposed to do something, then then you know, speak it into my heart and my mind. And what we'll do is for your year-end charitable giving, uh, you can donate that before end of year if you're wanting to participate in that part of it. And the reason that we do it is not just, you know, to 
build up the pastor or something like that. But I wanna show you the reason why we give money here. It's because we've seen child dedications here recently and children are important to God. And it's important that parents have challenged themselves to raise their kids in the ways of Jesus so they would know the ways of love. We've had tribe leader training so that we could equip people for the work of the ministry, equip people to have conversations about Jesus. We had man on fire where men are encouraged to live with courage and faith in their lives. We've had real weekend where our students are learning to keep themselves pure and they're learning how to keep from getting pregnant and learn about what real positive and real uh, healthy relationships are all about. In fact, we also had a city youth sort to serve where our students were sorting clothes and things to give to our friends that are living on the streets. And then most of all, we've seen baptisms here over the past year, people who are proclaiming their faith in Jesus. See, we've actually baptized more people this year than we did last year, and we still have one more baptism to go on Christmas Eve this Friday night. So we're going to see some awesome baptisms taking place. And this is what, and this is why we pool our resources and our tithes and our offerings here at City Truck. Here's how to give here, since we don't put a, you know, a bucket or a plate in your face, okay, uh, is that you can mail in your tithes and offerings to the P.O. Box number that's on the screen. You can text to tithe. Just follow the instructions on the screen. Or in person, you can go to the giving stations located near the exits of the Cameo Theater. Or you can go to our website where all, you'll find all this information. It's citytribe.church slash tithe. So we're also grateful for your generosity as we end the year strong financially as a church. So before you guys are giving your tithes and offerings, let's stand up together and let me speak a benediction over you. And at the end of the benediction, spoiler alert, I'm going to have you guys say, you know what, right? You know what you're going to say, right? So dear brothers and sisters, as you walk from here and the rest of the world's going crazy, they're all afraid of Omicron and Delta, whatever else. As you walk from here and encounter people that are afraid of the politicians and afraid of the economy and afraid of the metaverse and Bitcoin and whatever else, you can walk from here with faith and courage saying this. Here we go, ready? I have no fear. There's a king up in here. So go from here with faith and courage. Your love, man. We'll see you guys next time. We're glad you were part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.